We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Three. We're answering listener questions on Roto Viz Radio. What's up, Roto Viz? Welcome into the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Show. I'm Dave Cabin alongside Curtis Patrick. We are two of the owners here at Rotoviz, back for another round of fun. Probably not going to have as much fun as uh, Byron Pringle did in that parking lot. Uh, had to sneak in another Byron Pringle joke here, but we're pretty pumped up to talk some uh, <laughs> some listener questions. How's it going, Curtis? <laughs> He's gotten two mentions on the show this week after receiving zero <laughs> career mentions before. So uh, they say all publicity is good publicity, uh, publicity Dave. And uh, for Byron Pringle, uh, fantasy managers, I think that that holds to be true. Um, what was the tagline for Pringles? Lay's was once you or it was Pringles. Once you pop, you can't stop. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Oh, so yeah. once you pop a Byron yeah, Pringles, they had, like drumming on the stop. cans, like yeah, yeah. In the '90s man, Pringles had some baller uh, commercials. Yeah. Definitely. All right. <laughs> so, Curtis, <laughs> I don't know how to get a good transition into today's uh, stat attack, um, which is not going to seem particularly relevant until we get into one of these listener questions. So, I went back, I looked at Miles Sanders. And I was pretty surprised to learn that Miles Sanders has been an RB1 in 28% of the games that he's played since 2019. I was actually a little bit surprised by that. However, he's only gone over 16 points in just 12 out of 40 games, only has five games with more than 100 yards, only five games with six or more targets. So it's kind of a mixed bag. I will admit I was pretty excited about Miles Sanders when he was coming out of school, looking what he had done in that one year that he got to have the backfield to his own after Saquon had left. He was very, very good performer at the combine. It just really hasn't come together. We're going to see why that matters in a little bit. Uh, could you give me though, like a one sentence assessment of Miles Sanders and where he is at this point in his career on the spot? I think the... I think the other 72% of games, he was an RB three. There's just zero RB two games. That's the problem. That's the problem with Miles Sanders um, where he's at in his career. Um, he is a committee back with a non-valuable receiving role in an offense that also features 
a very mobile quarterback. And yeah, I mean, whatever. I mean, he, he's, yep. he has, he, he's not a target in yeah. any way, shape or form. Yeah. Nailed it. Like that's the perfect context. Do we, that actually, I kind of like this exercise of putting players <laughs> into context of like one sentence of, of who they are at this point. I actually really like spot, that. Man. Dude, we'll make we, a new segment. We'll make a branded segment. It'll be a hit. Yeah, I think we're going to have to come back to that. In fact, I might okay. even have to search for a sound effect, something like that. We'll figure that well, out. Well, real quick, before yep. we before we transition, one way that one another layer, I guess, of an actual fantasy game to, to Miles Sanders is, yes. you know, if if you play FFPC Rotoviz Triflex Dynasty. Yep. Um you either can take advantage of Sanders' good games by playing our best ball style dynasty game, or you can totally fade him altogether because of the lack of elevated importance of the running back position in our very proper lineup settings in our mandatory start three super flex leagues, uh, mandatory start three wide receivers, that is, uh, super flex leagues. So make sure you check out our Rotoviz games on FFPC. Uh, it's the best place to play fantasy uh, football for season long style. I had to give that applause. That was terrific how you worked that in. Now, to the matter at hand uh, for today's episode, we have a couple of listener questions. I'm getting wild with the sound effects today. We've already hit, I think, more sound effects in this episode than we have in the last like 20. So uh, we had a listener question come in. As I mentioned earlier in the week, if there's things you want to hear about, just send them in. And we will talk about them. This question comes in from a gentleman named Scott who said, hello, guys. I listen to virtually all of your shows and have wondered what you might say about my roster. Always hesitated to send in because I figure you get a ton of these, but you invited submissions this week. So here it goes. This was his first dynasty startup. And this is this team now or this league is entering year four. It's a super flex league. 2.0 PPR tight end premium. 28-man rosters, start 10 quarterbacks, two running backs, three wide receivers, tight end, super flex, and two flex. Wow, a lot going on here. He has the 103, the 110, the 203, the 303, and the 403 this year. He feels that he has not executed. Um, He said, I feel I haven't executed my first two rookie drafts that well. I originally built around wide receiver and thought I was a playoff contender going to last year, but made a poor trade last off season. And this is where Miles Sanders comes in because he traded Evans for Miles Sanders and says everything mm. else imploded. Mm-hmm. I am sure I'm not acting enough in trading, but unsure how to best move forward. Love listening. You guys keep up the great analysis analysis and entertainment. Thanks. Well, good news is Scott has come to the right place because Curtis always has good input on these. I'm just going to hit some of the key players that he does have at quarterback. Really, uh, Kyler Murray, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Justin Fields. So that's not terrible. At running back, he has CEH, Naheem Hines, Rashad Penny, Miles Sanders, and Boston Scott. At wide receiver, Ayuk, Diggs, Hamler, Elijah Moore, Calvin Ridley. That's not helping out his situation. Sterling Shepard, Juju, MVS at tight end, uh, Gasicki. Cole Komet. Those, those are kind of like the highlights. Um, some might argue that not every player I mentioned was a highlight, but that's where he's sitting. So as a reminder, he has the 103, the 110, 203, 303, and 403. In your first pass through this team, Curtis, um, any high-level thoughts? Yeah, um, luckily, 
you know, Scott, first off, uh, thanks for, for writing in, you know, uh, in my day job, uh, I do look at a lot of survey, uh, data that comes back on like patient experience and, you know, you can really chalk this up to any type of industry that, you know, looks to get feedback. Um, often the, the negative feedback, um, comes in, you know, 10 X yep. to the number of, of positive or, uh, or curious comments that you get. And so, you know, I, I would encourage others listening. If you want to have your team or your question talked about on the show, just send it in. I mean, worst thing that will happen is it will not get reviewed, but I can guarantee you it won't get reviewed if you don't ask it or send it in. Um, so send it in and, and chances are we will get to it at some point. Um, so secondly, this is Rotoviz Triflex style. I mean, the starting lineup requirements are actually the exact same as Triflex, Dave. So this is uh, pretty easy because it's the same type of league that we've been talking about a lot on the show all offseason. The 2.0 PPR tight end premium, that, that's probably hurting here just a little bit uh, to not have an elite guy at the position. I mean, with a 2.0 PPR, I mean, Mike Gesicki, I would have to do the quick math he may have outscored even Stefan Diggs at your wide receiver uh, position, or it would have at least been, you know, pretty close. He was probably good enough to be your wide receiver too, um, you know, with those settings. And, you know, you're loaded with the rookie picks this year. You've got the 103, the 110, and the 203, you know, three top 15 picks. It gives you a lot of flexibility. You know, the clear need here, that the biggest need is at running back. You can always use more wide receiver depth and tight end depth. Um, but for a team in this position with some key pieces in a relatively weak tight end class, you know, I imagine that tight ends go a little earlier in rookie drafts in this league. I don't think this is the year to really get crazy taking uh, Trey McBride. So I don't want you to really be even worried about looking at him with that 110 or moving around for that. Let's just come back to it another way or another time or wait until 203 or 303 to address that position. You're getting a guy like Greg Dulcich or something like that. Uh, and, 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 and taking a little bit of a chance on some upside instead of taking the clear number one. So let's really focus in on that 103 first. You know, you know, you could, if you stay put, you know, the top three on our board, uh, right now would be, you know, Brees Hall, Garrett Wilson, and Traylon Burks. You know, Malik Willis pops into that discussion, um, for, for Travis for sure, depending on what happens in the NFL draft. You know, I think he could potentially become a consensus top three. If he goes, you know, early enough, that's the big question, right? So if you do nothing and you stay put, you're going to get, you know, one of the positional overall number ones, probably. Um, and then you could stay put there at 110 and just soak up the value. You could add another quarterback there and then trade off Jimmy Garoppolo for additional draft capital. Um, you could take uh, the wide receiver value that drops because that's probably where the value will be uh, by the time you get to the 110. Or if you really just want to solve that kind of anchor RB for this team, rather than being tempted to take Kenneth Walker at the 103, you know, I, th I think you may want to kick the tires on the 101 and let's see what you can do there. You know, is, is there a way that you could package the 203 uh, with the 103 to get to the 101? Or could you package the 103 with Jimmy Garoppolo for the 101 and maybe, you know, the 301? Are there some ways that you could get up there for Brees Hall? That's what I'm really interested in. If you could get Brees Hall on this squad and things go right for you, I think you you are uh, not only a playoff contender, you're a serious playoff contender. If Justin Fields takes that next step, um, I would I would think that you've kind of solved for the sins of last year <laughs> that that bad Evans for Sanders trade. Um, so I think you definitely deserve 
to go kick the tires on the 101 and then even the 102. Uh, and many super flex leagues, I do expect Malik Willis to go number one overall, even though we disagree with that. So if that happens and in your rookie draft, when the 102 goes on the clock, you know, try to trade up the one spot. Maybe you can get some value there. Um, so that, that's really my focus, I think, is trying to find Brees Hall. And if you can't, just take the value at 103 and 110 um, you know, with those extra picks and you're going to make this roster better. The only other comments I'll add for Dave, uh, if you want to kind of get yeah. back into this, I do like what Scott has done here, layering Justin Fields and Cole Komet. Um, you know, presumably they'll need each other if they're going to both take that step forward. And so you actually have a lot of potential upside in this roster that you haven't really realized yet with Fields not having the best of rookie seasons and Komet not scoring any touchdowns last year. That's held his value down. But he actually, you know, if he would have just scored uh, league average rate touchdowns for the number of receptions that he had, he would have been a very low end tight end one. So, you know, he, you know, he's a big time uh, bounce back or, you know, natural regression candidate, however you want to word that. And then the other thing that you have is you just don't know what's going to happen with Juju and MVS. I'm going to guess that MVS was on your roster as a Packer and Juju was on your roster as a Steeler. But now, you know, you have some really interesting ways to play that Kansas City offense. And while this is not a best ball league, if one of them can kind of emerge as the new number two target option uh, behind Travis Kelsey, the, this wide receiver core is going to look a lot more like it did when you still had Mike Evans. So I actually have, this is like an, maybe an unexpected comment and we'll, we'll see what you think about it, Curtis. But as I am looking through this roster, I see a lot of running backs. In fact, I see more running backs than I do any other position. Now, this is a, a lot team, of bad running backs, right? <laughs> a lot of bad ones, right? This is yeah, where I'm going. Yeah. I see a lot of running backs, and I get the idea here. It's to try to load up and have so many bullets that eventually you hit something. However, I would say that if I were managing this team, what I might try to do is work out some of those really crappy backs that are probably never going to see the field. Some of these guys are experiments that have gone wrong and we know what's going to happen, right? I would I would think about getting rid of some of these guys and adding in a little bit of wide receiver depth. Um, not that this is going to make a huge difference on your team, but I think that you're carrying a lot of guys that are never going to give your team anything. Um, so I would just, you know, think about that as, as a way to open up opportunities elsewhere, especially as you start thinking about some of these younger rookies that could be entering the league that don't get drafted moves you can make, you know, even down the road. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Yeah, I think uh, one, one, it looks like from the screenshot, I don't think this is an FFPC league. I think this is on, on MFL, myfantasyleague.com uh, from, the, from the screenshot. And depending on the settings that your commissioners got, your league mates might be cutting players yeah. in order to make their rookie pick selections. And so, I mean, I'm just going to read off the names of guys you can cut right now. And there's probably going to be some uh, desirable collateral damage being tossed back into the waiver fray uh, by your league mates. So uh, full permission to cut DJ Dallas, uh, full permission to cut Darrington Evans, full permission to cut Royce Freeman. Uh, we could even just stop there. And now you've got, you know, three, you know, potential roster spots that you can refill. And then over the course of your own rookie draft, if you don't have any available space, you're going to have to start thinking about what you do, you know, with these five picks that you've got, Um, you know, so, you know, three of those cuts could go towards rostering these three picks or they could be available, you know, to, uh, you know, replace with with your actual rookie pits, picks, but we would still be two players short of cutting um, even just to make these picks. So you're probably looking at, I would say, uh, with the emergence of Kenneth Gainwell, probably Boston Scott uh, yep. becomes a potential cut candidate there. And then, you know, Demetric Felton is interesting of a, a, you know, versatile weapon as he looked like he might be. He really seems destined to be a special teams ace at best in Cleveland right now. You know, the team did uh, tender... Um, Dearness Johnson, Kareem Hunt is still there. Nick Chubb is still there. Uh, they're going to have a more mobile quarterback in Deshaun Watson. I just don't see the upside for Felton at this point. Um, so really, we just cut five running backs from this roster, Dave, to make room for the rookies and or uh, waiver wire fodder. Right. So my point here, that might not be something that really helps this team right now. But I think where I'm going with it is from a general management point uh, standpoint, I would be more inclined to see you have toss on like lower level wide receivers throughout the course of the season that could become something other than these running backs that you really need a prayer to have anything hit on. Um, I will say though, Curtis, overall, like the, the wide receiver core isn't that bad here. So there is something to work with. Um, you know, like you mentioned, it's nice to see fields stacked with Komet. He's also got Kasiki. So I, I think that things could turn around. I don't think that this team is completely dead in the water. No, I mean, I, th- I think if, if you hit on some of the rookies or even just package some of them together to add, a, you know, a truly potential elite year one score, you're going to be fine. I'm looking at the roster one more time. Scott, you can also cut Jake from, um, the, the Giants signed uh, Terod Taylor this offseason to back up uh, Daniel Jones. And I fully expect him to get the nod if Jones doesn't work out. Um, you know, he's got some familiarity with Brian Dayball from multiple previous stops. I think uh, they may have been together. They may have been together when Taylor was in Cleveland before Dayball went to Buffalo. Um, and so, you know, I, I, he, they clearly signed him as a way to still be competitive if, if DJ doesn't work out. So from, you know, uh, I'm not leaving the lights on for him making, 
multiple NFL starts at this point, uh, this far into his career. You can cut him. So, Curtis, there's actually um, something that has come out of the discussion here that I want to talk about. So, we at Rotoviz have Brees Hall above Malik Willis in Superflex, above all of the quarterbacks. Now, some people, as you mentioned, might disagree and they might opt to take Willis over Hall. To me, this is something that would have to be very, very team specific for me to even consider. Could you kind of break down why, and assuming that you even agree with me here, that it's pretty clear cut that Brees Hall is the correct answer this year, barring you know a caveat that's hard to control for. Can you break down for us why it so clearly should be Hall this year as the 101 even in Superflex? I mean, what's not being talked enough about is that Brees Hall is way closer to Jonathan Taylor level prospect than, you know, it's just getting lost. Uh, I'm not sure why. Um, He's, he's a very much plus athlete and his profile really is sterling. And I think it's just because there's not that, you know, early round one buzz, like even Mm -hmm. though Taylor ended up sliding to round two, there was buzz that he would be round one. And just, I guess he just had the more impressive or more, you know, more noteworthy combine in the context of that off season cycle. But I mean, Reese Hall looks pretty sterling as far as, as running back uh, prospects go. And there's so much depth at wide receiver and so little depth at running back. And we know that rookie running backs that hit as rookies, um, you know, they end up getting in a cadence where their first, you know, seasons one to three, I mean, Blair's research has showed this, I mean, could be their most efficient seasons. I don't want to miss out on this year's potential Najee Harris. Um, You know, that takes this squad and to use Sean's, you know, uh, overused title uh, verbiage, it supercharges this team. And, uh, you know, Sean is always looking for ways to supercharge his teams. And I think once a month he has an idea for supercharging (laughs) a team. And my idea for supercharging this team is to get, you know, potentially the favorite to score the most fantasy points uh, of any player, you know, at the uh, any rookie uh, at any position, you know, this year. And, you know, when you just compare him to the other running back prospects too, you know, he has the, the receiving profile, he has the size, he has the athleticism, he has the track record. I mean, college volume has been a great predictor of NFL volume, Dave. Your, your work has yeah. shown that in our previous rookie guides. And, you know, he shows up in, in the breakaway scores. And there's just, I, where is he lacking as a, pro, uh, as a prospect other than potentially in draft capital? But even that argument doesn't hold a lot of water because I think everyone expects him to be like a top 40 pick, even if he doesn't go in the first round of the NFL draft. So um, I'm not sure why. Maybe it's the relative strength of the wide receiver position, or maybe it's the teams that were desperate, you know, for one of these quarterbacks to hit. I, I, I can't really figure it out, but it seems too simple to me that Brees Hall would be the 101. And, and I, it makes me feel like I'm missing something, but then I feel like it's maybe just analysis paralysis because we've been staring at these names for four months. I mean, I'm not changing my mind now. Nothing else has happened. I wonder how much of um, the outlook on Hall... Well, I think one factor might be just the fact that he's from uh, Iowa State and that there isn't, you know... I mean, David Montgomery... David Montgomery was Iowa State, right? He was Iowa State, but he was also a third-round NFL draft pick that has basically been a smashed uh, based on that value. I mean... How many NFL third round running backs end up 
posting a top five PPR running back season. I mean, you know, my, that was a relatively weak uh, running back class uh, yeah. memory serves. And, you know, he, no, no one who's spent the draft capital on Montgomery, you know, fully regrets that no matter who they might've passed on to select him, you know, they've gotten value off of that. Right. So I think that might be one of the factors. And then I also think that we're seeing this weird thing where because it's not a good running back class overall, that's actually meaning like people are taking that as Hall isn't as good of a prospect as he would be. He's just standing out because the rest of the guys aren't that talented, which I think for the reasons you just said is kind of busted. Like if you put it in the context of the last five years, he's still in that very high, you know, that very strong group. Um, of you know the players that you would put probably into the top tier, maybe people wouldn't put him in there with Taylor, but you know I think he'd be in the conversation with guys like Etn uh, and Dobbins from prior years. Oh, for sure. Right? And this is actually kind of getting me fired up a little bit now. You know, so I'm going into the prospect workout explorer. I don't think we've talked enough about um, his athleticism, and you know, not many of the running backs are actually doing the the cone and the shuttle anymore because they have more to lose than to gain off of doing those. Uh, uh, performing those measurements, but listen, you know, he's going to, he's coming into the NFL draft at still just age 20. Um, you know, he's nearly 220 pounds, 95th percentile, 40, 89th percentile, broad jump, 94th percentile vert that, that all adds up to 94th percentile explosion score, 96th percentile speed score. And, um, one really cool thing in the prospect workout explorer is you can see, you know, what's, uh, athletes with similar measurables did uh, in terms of uh, PPR points per game in years one through three in the NFL. And you see some, you know, the guys that got the NFL draft capital uh, largely <laughs> ended up being really impressive in, in the NFL. They're plotted uh, along total PPR and then points per game, you know, the number one outlier, um, but also in the SIM group for Brees Hall in the last 20 years is Adrian Peterson. Um, you also get, you know, Joseph Adai, Marshawn Lynch, DeMarco Murray, Ryan Matthews, Cadillac Williams. You know, these are all day one or day two draft picks with similar athleticism to Brees Hall, who went on to score more than 500 PPR in their first three years. And in the case of Joseph Adai and Adrian Peterson, more than 600 PPR in those first three years. So having a league winning season uh, in their first three years. And the guys that are low, you know, toward the bottom left of this matrix, they're just guys who were super athletic and didn't get draft capital. So they didn't have good college careers. So the most similar players by far to Hall are, are the ones that were, you know, drafted early. So, you know, this is an extreme, this is different than our prospect box score scout, a uh, different way of looking at it. We've talked about those sims quite, uh, quite a bit already, but we haven't really talked about Hall in the context of this tool. And this just gives me even more optimism about really what he should be. I mean, 217 pounds, sub 4, 440, all of this college experience and college volume with a relatively solid receiving profile. I just don't see what there is not to like. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, the proof's in the pudding, Dave. I mean, I, I've traded up to the 101 in two of my four rookie drafts that have occurred before the NFL draft in order to select him. And I also selected him in the other startup uh, that I did uh, on, on MFL and industry analyst, uh, invite league. So, uh, in, in what would that be three out of, or uh, four out of five 
exercises in <laughs> Dynasty so far this spring. I've ended up with Brees Hall on my roster. I mean, I'm a big time believer. Yeah. And then the, the final thing I'll say is Malik Willis, I understand what could be there for the upside. But I don't think that you, well, I can't honestly sit there and say to myself that I think he realizes that in nearly enough percentages of the outcomes versus the percentage of outcomes where I think Brees Hall lives up to what we're expecting, that it would make sense to go ahead and make that big of a move and potentially squander your opportunity with your 101, which unless you trade it into, you probably really need. So I think we've, I think we've talked about that enough there. Uh, we also did get a question on Twitter. This comes in from Cowbells Fork Bell Cows. Ooh, I see what he did there. I like it. Um, in a six-point quarterback passing touchdown Superflex League where you are already thin at quarterback, do you sell Carr plus the 107 for Fields, the 209, and the 309? Thoughts on that, Curtis? Already thin at QB here. No, I mean, I, I wouldn't. I like uh, Justin Fields. I, I do. Um, but the, the drop off from 107 to two, we're dropping off two tiers worth of, of rookies. There's almost zero chance that, that Derek Carr is going to flop at this point with much improved weapons and coming off, you know, kind of that, you know, top 15 quarterback level uh, season, you know, last year quarterback friendly system with Josh McDaniels and better talent around him. Um, so the, a, a much higher floor than Justin Fields at this point, albeit probably a lower ceiling. I can admit that, but six points per passing touchdown negates a little bit of the advantage that fields would bring to the table, you know, with the, the Konami code factor. And then, you know, at that one Oh seven, if, if you, you know, you're looking at your roster and you really feel like quarterback is your, your big glaring weakness, you're going to have a couple options. You're probably not going to be able to take Willis there. Um, but if your draft is after the NFL draft, you're going to know who these other highly drafted quarterbacks are. Does Pickett, you know, go early enough in the first round? You know, if he ends up on the Pittsburgh Steelers, for example, with his level of accuracy and the weapons that they have, I'm going to feel a little bit better, um, you know, risking late first round rookie draft capital on him than, than I may in, in the vacuum of, you know, just looking at the prospect profile. I You could trade back from the 107, uh, and, and select him a little bit later. You could just reach and take him there. You could try to trade the 107 for another veteran and just shore up that way. But I, I think I like the idea of hanging on to Carr uh, and then using that 107 to, to further you know fill out the roster. Now, the caveat would be if you're really far from competing. You know, if you're far from competing, you're probably better off you know betting on on fields just completely. Uh, you know, shattering the ceiling and, and hitting his, you know, top decile type uh, outcome in the NFL and, and leading your team, you know, next to Sean Watson, um, you know, level player, next Josh Allen level player and, and, and emerging that way. But uh, because then if that happens and you're really far away, you can sell fields for an absolute King's ransom of, of three or four first and then rebuild the roster. So um, without a little bit more context, it's, it's tough but I would say in in most scenarios, I'm going to stick with Carr in the 107. Um, Dave, what do you prefer on this one? No, I'm definitely with you. I think that um, even if we're removing anything about the specific quarterbacks involved here, 
Uh, the 107 for the 209 and the 309 is just way too large of a delta, especially when you look at historical rates of what you can expect from players being taken in those positions. So yes, it's nice that you're giving yourself two more picks that you can use. Um, but the expected value that I would have for those two picks doesn't add back up into that 107. And I also think that if you're looking at a shorter window here, even, um, or even out like three years, you can tell yourself a pretty compelling story about car over fields. Um, so if I approach this from a different, you know, a couple of different mindsets, it's hard for me to get there to prefer that side. All right. I think we, re- we uh, reached quick alignment on that one. Yes, for sure. So that brings us to the end of the questions that we had. We will be back later in the week. We're, we're the fun starts now, man, right? Like we get to starting next week, we're going to know where these rookies go. We're going to get to see where their ADP settles. We're going to know where these guys are going to factor into the dynasty landscape, where these guys are going to be going in best ball drafts, where we're going to be taking these guys in redraft and we can start to align our exposures, uh, you know, commensurate to what the value starts to look like on these guys. You know what I was actually thinking with our next recording posting Friday morning, I'm actually wondering, I probably shouldn't do this on the air, but it is yes. what it is. We, we, I'm thinking maybe we just, we, we either live stream with immediate post draft reaction um, or at minimum, just, you know, record during the NFL draft on, on Thursday night uh, to get the fresh, you know, adjusted takes. There's going to be so many, I think, fantasy relevant players going off the board in that first round that there'll be plenty to talk about. So either an instant reaction, maybe even posting it Thursday night, Dave, if we're feeling ambitious. Uh, but I think we got to get something out there quick. I know the rest of the road of his radio uh, channel will be ablaze um, with excitement as well. Uh, obviously all the content will be flowing on rotaviz.com. It's a great time of year to consider that uh, first subscription. If you've never subscribed to the site before, you can have all kinds of uh, instant analysis. Uh, you can check out our, our uh, rookie guide link at the top of the page and pick up volume three for our uh, post NFL draft rookie rankings. And then, you know, of course you can play, you know, using those rankings at any of the popular sites, including uh, our favorite partners, you know, FFPC and Underdog. And just a reminder, special promotion with Underdog right now, put a hundred bucks in, get a hundred bucks back. That's 200 bucks for the investment of $100 for whatever fantasy games you want to play on Underdog Fantasy. So we will be back, I think, in some format or another yes. on Friday. They yes. don't have to worry so much about the logistics of when we record. We will figure that out, no. but we will be back with the breakdown. I was trying to be efficient with our time. We just, I like talk, it. We just you know, figure out, you know, figure it out while we're recording and then it saves us after. So, uh, yeah, you're welcome for the behind the cloth stuff. Thank you for listening to the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Show. Send us questions at rvffshow at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at DaveCabinFF and at CPatrickNFL. Leave us a voicemail at 978-615-9214 and make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. 